this. You've got people all over the place and they're running around with clipboards. <laughs> like, how do you expect to run and operate an efficient, productive business that delivers on a consistent experience for customers when your business is measured in the miles of radius and you're running everything off of a notepad? It doesn't make sense. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back. Listen to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today's podcast is like every other podcast. It's about marketing, but it's about an industry that we haven't talked about before. So if you're interested in having your sales reps uh, have a closing rate of 60%, or if you could see yourself investing $20,000 in Facebook ads and, and generating $750,000 or $800,000 in sales, I think you're really going to like what my guest has to say today. One of the things I want you to listen for later in the episode is what he calls stop the thumb with regards to your Facebook ads. So my guest is Adam Sand. He has the odd combination of being a tech nerd as well as a high performance salesperson. He believes that organizational discipline combined with the entrepreneurial spirit is the great alchemy for performance. He and his company use uh, video marketing and infographics to pre-sell roofing. And once the industry figured out what they were doing, he became a hot topic and an influencer in that space. So Adam's going to share with you some of the strategies they use in Facebook, um, as Facebook videos and ads, and how they build their sales funnel out in an industry where Facebook has ex- has restricted their ability to target homeowners. So I'd like to welcome Adam Sand to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey, Adam, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate the invite. You uh, you have a really good show, so I'm excited to be here. Hey, thanks so much. You know, I uh, I had a chance to do a deep dive into your media, your social media, what you're doing, what you're producing for content. I know that's one of the things we're going to discuss and to say that I'm really impressed with the amount of detail and the information that you share that's educational in your content that can really help people to make decisions and move forward. Thanks. You know, I, I always say teach first, sell second. That's my my big message for anybody that's trying to uh, achieve anything, especially when they're marketing their construction companies. Well, I heard Frank Kern say once, he said, what if we actually help somebody achieve the goal that we're promising in our advertising? So what if we can actually help them in the ad to do something opposed to just telling them to click here? Yeah, that's actually really smart. I wish I'd heard that before, but thank you for sharing that. Well, you you figured it out. So, yeah, so I guess we shouldn't talk hockey, you know, because we're both <laughs> as both Canadians uh, of neighboring provinces and uh, and, and te- all day. Yeah, that's right. So on to the important stuff. So do you want to share a little bit of the background, how you got into, you know, into this area where you're creating really compelling content and then helping people clean up the back end mess to make sure that their business converts everything that comes into to dollars? Yeah. So, I mean, really, I mean, the, the, the quick and dirty background is that I knew nothing about roofing when I owned opened a roofing company. What I did know is I understood business and I had a best friend who was a great roofer. Um, and he just wanted to start his own business. He got sick and tired of working for someone else. Subcontracting just meant that you thought you owned a business, but really you kind of had just a pimp and they were just you know, sending you to a job. You do the work. They put their sign out front. He wanted to actually build a brand. And my best friend and I decided that we would do it together. And I learned about roofing that way. And 
What I really learned throughout the process of trying to advertise a roofing company is it's not a sexy industry. It's not nobody buys a roof because like early just because they want a different color roof. You know, people only buy it when they need it. And uh, in Canada, we have some unique challenges with Facebook ads and that you can't target homeowners directly even like you could in the States five years ago. And so in the process of learning how to use Facebook ads, I had to find out what would work. And this is before video view ads, like so many of the metrics and, and analytics that we have today in the features we have. We didn't have any of that. And so through the process, I ended up, you know, paying some online gurus, for lack of a better term, to teach me. And I learned how the Facebook ad platform works, how to measure and test your different ideas. And I learned that everything at all times is always a test. What worked last week doesn't work next week. And over time, we developed the content that we needed to make it work. And really, you know, Unlike a lot of other industries where you can give away a free tooth whitening to get a customer that might become a lifetime dental client, you don't have that in roofing. But really, the the tooth whitening equivalent in the construction, specifically the roofing industry, was you know giving people that feeling that they're empowered to make a good decision when hiring a roofer because that's the number one barrier to the purchase is they get three or four estimates. They all kind of look the same. They don't really know how to pick one and they don't feel educated. They get paralysis from analysis. And many times they just pick the cheapest one or the middle one and end up, you know, with a, with a bad experience. In fact, Better Business Bureau, some over 40% of all complaints ever registered ever, I think it's 44% is roofing related, right? Wow. That's funny that that out of all the, the renovations and home improvements you could do, that would be the one that would stand out. Yeah. And so it's so it is literally the one where where people at the end of the day, if you have a bad experience, yes, the onus is on the contractor to be a good person. But the fact is, is this, you know, this is a job that, you know, people who can be doctors don't go roofing. Right. Yep. A lot of people are roofers because they have to be, not because they choose to be. And so they, they end, the cream rises to the top in this industry and consumers don't know how to qualify a, a proper roofing contractor. And they have a lot of misconceptions as to what's right and what's wrong. And they also don't understand how big the consequences can be for hiring a bad roofer until after the fact. And so <laughs> yeah. really, yeah. it's it, like they'll think, oh, well, it might leak. But they don't, even, they don't realize how easy and how bad a leak really can be. And that's just the start of it. So... Through our content, we started to educate consumers about the different products and processes and systems and things that they needed to know about. And that has evolved over time into videos. And now there's six veins that I call it that you need to basically tap into to humanize your roofing corporation. The amazing thing, and you as a Canadian will actually kind of appreciate this, we... You know, we in Canada don't have the same thing, but in America, there's this like deep rooted dislike for corporations. We have it a bit in Canada too, but you know, at the end of the day, consumers only have two choices. Either there's a corporation or the state owns it. Yeah. So I don't know why they're so against the corporation, at least with the corporation, (laughs) they get choice. But the reason they hate the corporation is because it's this faceless, nameless, big boot in the sky that isn't human and doesn't make them feel comfortable. They miss being able to buy their meat from a butcher instead of a big nationwide grocery chain. They miss that human connection, the feeling that they know who they're buying, what they're supporting, and what kind of quality they should be, be able to expect. And so those six veins to humanize your corporate, your roofing company or corporation, and this works, I mean, this works for other people. My, I mean, I have friends and family that I've given these same tips to, and they use it from hairdressing to selling dog toys. 
What I'm thinking of probably work across the board for anybody that's in the construction or that type of industry, like you said, because you can't you can't give a sample. I mean, I think of a landscaper I was using who was really good and we had to fall some trees. And so he said, you know, I'm bringing in a follower. And the first thing he went did is he went and talked to the guy when he got out of his truck and asked him for his business license and insurance. Yeah. which I, I wouldn't have thought of as a homeowner, right? And he sent the guy away. I said, well, why did you send him away? So he doesn't have the right insurance. Yep. So like you said, what does a mistake cost when someone drops a tree on your house? And then yeah. you find out, hey, he doesn't have insurance. He's sorry, but he doesn't have insurance. Oh, and it goes it goes even crazier. There'll be, you know, people think that the no tax deal is a good deal and that they the, the contractor saved them some money. But if the contractor is willing to rip off the government, and I mean, the government's got a giant foot in the sky and it'll come down <laughs> and crush you. And if they're so daring as to rip off the government, what do you think they're going to do to you? Right. Same thing with deductibles. Roofers will say, oh, yeah, we'll include your deductible. That's illegal. That's insurance fraud. If they're willing to piss out the insurance company's rules, I mean, really, what do you think? Do you really think that you, the uneducated consumer, do you really think you're going to get, you know, you're going to see how they're screwing you? That you don't, just because you don't know how they screwed you doesn't mean you won't find out. And with roofing, it takes five, 10 years. So it's, you know, they're long gone right. by the time that you actually find out what happened. And that's the, that's the incredibly challenging thing for contractors is they, you know, they'll quite often go, you'll see them all the time. They'll post on their Instagrams and their Facebooks, these little memes that are kind of like, you know, they had a bad day and some customer didn't value their time that day because they'll post an Instagram thing that's like, if you think it's higher expensive hiring a good roofer, try hiring a bad one. And it'll have like some picture of some totally butchered roof. Or it'll be like, if your customer says to you, I have, I know people who will do it for less say to them, I know people who will pay more. And it's what it is, is it, it's a passive aggressive stab at the universe because they're not having their time valued. And the problem is, is they throw that out there in the world and feel justified, but they don't take any of the time and energy to actually learn how do you change the consumer psychology of your inbound marketing? How do you make it so that people are not only wanting you to give them an estimate, but they're like, honey, honey, um, so I know those other two roofers came by and left the estimate in the mailbox, but this you know, company X is coming by and I want you to be here because I know you have some questions. They're going to be here at 3.30. Can you get your boss to let you off early so you can be here? Right. And then when you show up, they're like, hey, how are you? Oh, my God, it's the movie star. Yeah, you're the guy on Facebook. Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and how do you create that shopping experience as opposed to, yeah, OK, so I called you and 14 other roofers. There's a broken pool queue out on the front doorstep. You guys can stab each other and see who's willing to bleed the most for the job. And uh, let me know when you guys pay, figure it out. OK, bye. Yeah. And the good news is, you know, out of the 14 that you called, only seven will show up and a couple will show up a few days later and the rest will no show. Exactly. And then you're left going, oh, none of these contractors are any good. And it's because the contractor went and said, Meh, I already know this is going to be a like, you're going to work twice as hard for half as much and it's going to be a nuisance customer. And it's because customers don't know how to buy a roof, just like they don't know how to buy a car. You know what I mean? Every, the, the things that they don't know how to buy, they become adversarial, right? Because they're insecure and they think that by just adding friction and showing up with their boxing gloves up, that they're going to make a better choice. And in, in most cases, they end up with a worse situation because if you have that feeling that it cut you know when a customer is called 14 other roofing contractors and they're just like they send a mass email to your info at roofingcompany.com email address and it's like a copy pasted email that they sent to 38 other companies you can just feel it like you're not stupid you know and so the only people who really show up for that job are the people who are desperate and so the three quotes you get are crappy crappier and crappiest yep 
and you pick the one in the middle, you still get crappier. You know what I mean? It's and so really to 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 stop that kind of cycle, um, big and small companies alike have to learn how to humanize themselves and empower their customers to not only make a good decision but to value the money that they're going to have to spend to get the job done right. And that's through six very simple video scripts. There's a product script, a process script, a people script. There's the thought reversal script, the caught doing it right script, and the giving pledge script. And those six scripts or six veins that you create using the power of the platform, like like the Facebook ads manager, you can dramatically change the type of customers that are coming in, the psychology that they have coming in. You can dramatically change the entire shopping and buying experience with just putting out the right content. And the problem is a lot of guys you know, especially in the construction and the roofing world, they're nervous in front of a camera. They're the toughest, hardest, meanest guys in the world. They can go stand on steep roofs, 40 feet in the air, yeah. but you put them in front of a camera and they crumble. And so one of the biggest things that I end up doing is actually going out to these, these guys and actually recording them on camera because I've recorded thousands of videos. Every roofer starts his video the same way. Hi, this is John from John's Roofing in San Antonio, Texas, your family's number one choice for roofing. By that time, the person's already scrolled on to the next video. They tuned out. Don't care. Yeah. And that's yeah. a common theme. Like I've interviewed uh, probably three or four people in the video marketing space and that's all they do is video marketing. And we've talked about that whole, that big challenge is how do you get people in front of the camera? So, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty natural fear for people for whatever reason. So totally. how do you, how do you move people, you know, from, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. So, you know, if you've read the book, the E-Myth, mm-hmm. you know, Very I'm a roofer, book. I get tired of being a roofer. I get tired of doing all the work when my boss goes on vacation. So I'm going to start my own roofing company. And then he starts his own roofing company, finds out, guess what? He's still a roofer, but he has to do the books. He has to do the marketing. He's making less money. So how do you move people out of that into what you're doing? Say, hey, here, here's, you know, here's a process where you can, you know, you can run a business instead of, you know, instead of being on the tools all day, you can actually run a business that you can go away and the money still comes in. You know, that's a very good question. And I'm glad you asked it because roofers are very prone to that. In fact, the number of employees who come to work for my, like I own half a roofing company and the number of employees that I have come work for me, learn their thing. They see me driving a nice truck and they go, that's my money that he's driving. And then they quit. They go to their own company. (laughs) Two years later, they're coming crawling back because they owe money to GST. They owe money income tax. They can't afford their insurance. They got an $8,000 bill with their supplier and they got two negative Google reviews and they're just, they're, they're lost. And now they're coming and going back to work again or subcontracting to some of the bigger companies. It's because they don't educate themselves with something like the E-Myth. And uh, I mean, to be honest, it is a 98% won't ever get it. And that's just the nature of life. And 2% will. And to be honest, that's where I send them. As I send them to the E-Myth and I kind of just talk to them. And I mean, I probably have 100 conversations for every two that turn into clients. But I, I tell them all, like I have all this kind of stuff saved in notes. And I talk about it in some of my content online. As I say, you have to have an organizational chart. You have to understand all the different hats that have to be worn in business. And if you're not prepared to wear eight of those hats, work hard, drive a $6,000 truck and pay for someone else to come to work for you and watch them buy a brand new truck while you're still driving the old one and allow that organization to grow, you're not going to get there. And so I always recommend Good to Great and The E-Myth and The Tipping Point, right? As some of my favorite books to recommend. Then once they get there, then it's all about, now I need more leads. 
And so, you know, so that's when you start coaching them on the video and the Facebook ads. And then invariably, the systems that they put together at the beginning are strapped together with duct tape, sometimes over the course of a decade. And then you jump their business 20, 30%, and it all falls apart and crumbles because it's all strapped together with duct tape. This, there's no synergy. And a lot of companies- you mean a, will a cold to, book isn't a CRM? Uh, yeah, CRM with, is the, a with, very, the, with, with the carbon in between, that's not the CRM? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the carbon paper CRM, oh my God. Yeah, here's, here's all the quotes I made last year, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, there are $10 million roofing companies. Like, the great thing about the roofing industry and, and construction, I guess, in general, but especially roofing, is that there's no magic. It's all taking everything that worked in the car industry, dental, marketing, e-commerce, all this stuff that's working, real estate, realtors, the amount of systems and processes that I've taken from realtors and adapted into the roofing industry is crazy. And it's just taking a lot of those things and just pushing it forward into an industry that's still running off carbon paper. There are $10 million companies that are still drowning in filing cabinets, carbon paper, you know, having to call into the office to ask questions. And they've got, and they've even got a CRM, one of these roofer CRMs, but they pay a $1,500 integration fee and they're a $10 million company, $1,500 integration fee. It's like, yep, this is how you make it say email. And this is how you get it. So your web form puts them into your CRM. Isn't it magic? And then it's like, that's where it stops. Right. And there's no automation or time saving created. And that's typically where you find. And then it's like, oh, well, we got this app to solve this problem. Then we got that system or that process to solve this problem. Then we hired this girl to kind of hold those three things together. And then this girl to watch those or four things. And next thing you know, they've got twelve or fifteen thousand dollars in overhead in the office because they didn't because they only spent fifteen hundred on their CRM and it's all And they're not integrated. Know, yeah. There's See? there's no there's no yeah. You have to rebuild it from the ground up. And that part of my job is honestly like performing open heart surgery on a football team while they're trying to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, you're, you're the only the second person I've ever met or talked to that's in a construction uh, related trade that that has systems for running your business. My mm. son worked for a company and the guy he worked for was brilliant. I mean, they were all their all their guys had they did window washing and pressure washing and roof demossing and but all their guys had iPads. Um, the quotes were all done by somebody else. They showed up with the iPad. They knew the person's name. The person saw like kind of like the Uber. They knew the a picture of the the individual is coming to the door. Mm-hmm. If they did add-ons, they could do add-ons. They could print the quote or print the invoice from the, from the truck. Head office could see where every sales rep was based on tracking. I mean, it was just, they're just really smart. And they've done very, very well because they've made the investment, like you said, to have a proper CRM, proper tools and tracking, taught their staff and their team how to use it. And um, they're just crushing it. You're absolutely right. I mean, it blows my mind that construction companies are still so n- not digitally connected. I mean, you look at a McDonald's or a Walmart. I mean, McDonald's is three. 3,000 square feet, 10 people working within three feet of each other. They've got cameras, connectors, timers, integrated systems, things connected all over the place. A manager can see the entire store from one spot. Then you've got a Walmart. Walmart is, you know, 60,000 square feet. <laughs> yeah. They've got security people, cameras, trackers, things that, you know, geotags and sensors everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, tons of managers, tons of people, everything all over the place, all these systems for scanning and barcodes and all that kind of stuff. But you're construction company has a has a square footage measured in a miles radius you know what i mean yeah. 60 mile yeah. radius 100 mile radius you've got people all over the place and they're running around with clipboards <laughs> like how do you expect to run and operate an efficient productive business that delivers on a consistent experience for customers when 
your business is measured in the miles of radius and you're running everything off of a notepad. It doesn't make sense. Well, it's super encouraging. I mean, because I often hear people say when we talk about automation, whether it's CRM or any form of maybe digital marketing, oh, well, you can't do that for my industry as if their industry is unique. So you've proven, you know, uh, time and time again that in the construction industry, who typically has not played well in this space, that oh. you can leverage this. Yeah. Because I, I, um, I, I, I looked at some of your stats and listened to some of the, the, the information that you were sharing in terms of, you know, closing and closing ratio. So why don't you share a success story with our listeners? So they just get an idea idea of what's possible because I'm sure many people are thinking well hey it's roofing you know like you said you do you know two roofs a year how can you possibly convince somebody digitally that you're the best choice and I'm so I'll, I'll just turn it to you and then you can share your example well uh, you know it's hard to pick an example a uh, pick an example because here's the thing everything that works today doesn't necessarily work tomorrow and so you know I say everything is always testing and and so I guess you can't really copy paste this as much as I'm sure that's what everybody wants to hear, but it, the fundamentals are there. And so I guess the most recent one would be one of our sales reps. We recorded four videos for her. And so we did four video and this is in my personal company and we ran Facebook ads to the tune of around 17,000 for, you know, running off of these videos, using them to educate and then retargeting them. And through those four videos, we can trace where the leads come from. And that alone generated over, I, I, I don't have the finalized numbers, but it's over 750, close to $800,000 in residential roofing sales. And these are closed at an incredibly high rate in the 60%. And, you know, and, and okay, for so let's her, stop for a sec. So 60% close rate. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening to us in the sales role, how would you like to be working for a company that get, helps you get a 60% close rate? Oh, yeah. I mean, our percent, we don't even like our, and, like, and as a result, our company doesn't pay out the high, super crazy commission numbers that a lot of other roofing companies pay. They're paying 10% of the price of the roof on a $20,000 roof. They're getting paid, two th they're paying a rep $2,000. We're paying our sales reps two fifty, dollars and they're making $10,000 a month happily. Right, they yep. pay for their car and their gas and their phone and their iPad and all that. But I mean, they're 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 making a ten thousand dollar income. We're paying them two hundred and fifty dollars a roof. We can provide competitive pricing at a higher margin because what we're doing is we're creating a, a more motivated, more educated, more a more likely to close at the house where they go, oh yeah, you're the girl in the video. I remember you talked about this and that thing. Yeah, it's awesome. So we want to get the roof done and this is that and that's this and oh great and what does it cost? Perfect. Okay, great. Thanks. And it's just done. It's just yeah. it's just like going into the store. And you, people don't walk into the store and say, oh, I love that price tag. I wonder if I like the dress. You know, they go, oh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that dress. I wonder if I can afford it. Afford it, right? yeah. And that's the, that's the problem with roofing is they go, oh, well, I'm just going to get four roofers, see which price I like, and then determine if I like the roofer. We use Facebook to hit them before they use Facebook. I mean, we could dive into that for an hour, but the ability of Facebook to find people while they're thinking about roofing before they're actually Googling roofers in Wisconsin is yeah. incredibly powerful. And if you just, if everybody listening can kind of just kind of take that as a fact and take your skepticism out of it and just <laughs> know that if you're that afraid that they changed your election results, that you should probably be using it to sell more stuff. Um, 
yes, it can do that. So then if you can get out in front of homeowners while they're thinking about roofing, while they're Googling questions about roofing, while they're researching roofing products and materials, but they haven't necessarily gone roofers near me yet in Google. If you can get in front of those people early and be a part of that educational shopping experience and be that expert, well, then all of a sudden they're just going in to figure out which dress they want to buy, not who they're going to buy it from. They've already figured out the brand that they want to buy from. And you get to set the bar high. I mean, because you know what makes your company special and, you know, you've gone to the, the, you know, you made the effort, put in the effort to set yourself aside. So you're, you're different. So Mm -hmm. it's very difficult for a competitor to measure up to your mark once you've educated the consumer. Exactly. And you're not forced into competing, you know, you're not getting essentially judged on a comparison level with Chuck in a truck roofing who just says, oh, well, yeah, I can do it for cheaper because I got less overhead. That's their closing tool, right? I got less overhead. And, you know, we have, you know, we have all kinds of economies of scale and you can't go into a homeowner's house and wax poetic about all the ways that you save money and don't make as many mistakes as Joe Roofer operating out of his truck bed. But, you ha- that's why you have to have a strategy for making people value you up front so that you're not posting that stupid Instagram meme every time some customer goes, well, I found another roofer, do it for two grand less. And then you get all, you know, get all butthurt about it. And instead of doing something to help it, you just do some passive aggressive behavior on Instagram to make yourself feel better. It's, it's about getting an education and improving your approach so that you can have people appreciate the time and the energy that you've gone into to building your company and being a quality craftsman in your chosen trade. Well, let's talk about timing and testing. So you said four ads, $17,000 spend, $750,000 in sales, 60% close rate with your reps. What's the timing from the, when you run the first ad until you get the first sale in the door, approximately? Oh, a week. A week. Okay. I mean, like, I, I mean, I've literally had an estimate booked. It wasn't off of any of those four videos, but I did a video last year where I booked an estimate. I booked an estimate. I was doing the video. My business partner was um, watching me recording the video on my phone, doing like a selfie live Facebook thing. And without even boosting it or doing any kind of Facebook ad money towards it, there was a he was watching it on his phone as I, I was recording it on mine. And a customer asked for an estimate in the live. So, I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. It's a safe number. Well, and because you said you test. So, I mean, you've done this, you've done this for a while. So a week is is pretty darn quick, mm-hmm. especially with the sort of the closing ratios that you've got. So in terms of, in terms of your testing metrics, you know, what, what do you pay attention to most? Oh, that is, I wish more people would ask that question because they all go to lead and they go, well, what are you paying per lead? What, what's your cost per lead? And the industry I'm in kind of lends itself to that because everybody in the marketing industry, rather than teaching their clients, they just put up a sign or a Facebook ad that says $45 roofing leads, right? Yep. And, you know, a lead is not a lead is not a lead. Anybody in sales and marketing knows <laughs> that not all leads are created yep. equal. And so, you know, w- that's a very good question because in order to test and improve, you can't just start at leads because there's a lot of things that have to happen before you get to the point where you can try and invert, you know, improve your conversion metrics. Um, the first thing you're doing is when you record a video, you put it up, you got to test thumb stoppability. There's a lot of stuff going on on Facebook. Trump is saying something crazy every the other day. You got cool car videos. You got funny cat videos. You got pictures of your friends and your family and your ex-girlfriend who she's dating now. There's a hundred more interesting things to watch on Facebook than a roofing company. Well, and so you've got uh, even on your roofing site, you've got Gary V on his first video talking about uh, talking about wine. Exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but for right now, that's the top piece of content is about that Gary V thing. 
yeah. a hundred things to pay attention yeah. to. You're you're going to see all that kind of stuff. So when you when your customer scrolling through the news feed, you have to find a way to stop their thumb. That's the very first. Forget lead. How do you get it so that if a thousand people are exposed to your video that you did in one of those six veins, how do you get to stop the thumb? And then once you stop the thumb, because you're going to get that, you're going to see how many people were, it's called a two second video view where the screen was 50% in at least 50% or more in the frame at the time. That just shows you that you slowed the thumb down. Then you're going to get metrics on 10 second video watches or 15 second video watches. Now they're calling it through play, but essentially did, can you get someone to stop and listen to you for 15 seconds? Because if you have bad audio or if you open it with, hi, I'm Joe from Joe's Roofing, the number one roofers in Arkansas, you know, then they're going to, meh, commercial, and they're going to skip past it. But if you open up with, do you have these on your roof? And did you know they can save you thousands of dollars? Well, then if you run those two next to each other, you don't need to be a marketing expert to know which one's going to hold the attention of more homeowners. Right. A certain percentage of homeowners are going to look at that and say, I wonder if I do have those on my home. Right. And it's probably going to be a conscientious, conscientious homeowner who wants, who has, who believes in value and product and technology. And they're interested in making sure they have the right components. And when they find out it's a roofing thing, they might stick around for two minutes. If they thought it was a plumbing thing or a kitchen thing and they're thinking of doing their kitchen or their bathroom, well, they're not going to stick around once they hear it's a roofing thing. But anybody who watches 50% of a four minute video about, a roof vent, they're probably looking up at the roof, noticing it's old, contemplating in the near future, probably going to have to be saving up God knows how much for that roof. So those three metrics are your first ones. Thumb stop ability. Can you hold their attention for 15 seconds so they know what the, if they should stick around or not? And then who actually sticks around to watch it? You can use those three to, to, to dramatically improve your videos. I've taken videos from totally underperforming, same subject matter, same information, but just slightly changing the way that we talk on camera and what we talk about first, second, and third with some scripting, testing the, those results. I mean, you can get 500% more people to watch your video to 50% just by making those changes. This is before we even get to leads. Right? Well, that's, that's really funny because I'm thinking of all the people I've had on my podcast that are video marketing guys and not one person has talked about in the, not the way that you have in terms of stopping people for the two seconds or slowing them down and moving them to 15 seconds because you're right if you can change that metric then you can have a massive effect on everything behind that. But if Top people are scrolling by, yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like, oh, should we make the because should, should we make the the lead button blue or red? Should we use a two step conditional form or do we want this? Are we using the pixel in the right way? Should we move? Do we want three feature and benefit points or four? Should there be a video on the landing page? You it's know, like no one's watching the video. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's like, it's like we're not even getting anybody to watch the damn video. Stupid. Yeah. Right. That's and funny. so once you have that, this, and then it's also about having a strategy of looking at it as two steps, right? Teach first, sell second. Once you put something in someone's head and you know what they know, and you can put them on a magical list called a custom audience on Facebook, which for those of you who don't know, it's basically telling Facebook, anybody who watched half this video, put them in a box. I want to use them later. I want to show them something later. Yeah. You don't get to know anything about them other than that. And you don't even get to know who they are. You just get to know that there's 1,100 people that watched half of your four-minute video about roof vents or whatever, dog toys, doesn't matter. Then you tell Facebook, hey, I want to show them a thing. So now a roof vent is like a $16 component. You put 20 of them on your house. That's a lot. I mean, that's what's that? That's four, that's 200, 320 bucks. It's yeah. not a huge amount of money. Yeah. If you go to someone and say, hey, if you buy a roof from me, I'll give you free roof vents. 
they're going to go, well, how much is a roof vent? 20 bucks. How many do you need? 20. That's like 400 bucks. That's not that much. How much is my roof? 10 grand. That's not that good of a deal, right? But if you show someone, hey, vents over the lifetime of your roof are going to reduce your air conditioning bills, reduce your heating bills, improve the energy efficiency of your home, make your roof last five times longer, reduce attic rain, which is going to cause leaks inside your home, won't gonna, aren't going to damage your insulation and ruin the R value. And you want to make sure you have these on your home. Well, next week, if they see an ad that says free roof fence with any estimate done in April, now you've price anchored them to thousands of dollars of value over the course of the life of their roof. It's not about how much is a roof vent anymore. That's smart. Yeah, that's right. It's not about the vent, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so when you know that they watch 50% or 75% of a video about roof vents, you know what's in their head. You know what they value, right? Well, if you it's know funny because- what came to mind to me when you're saying the roof vents $10, but the values were tens of thousands of dollars. And I thought of the last time I was watching someone launch their boat and they forgot to put the drain plug in. Mm-hmm. So how much is the drain plug worth? Well, in, in that case, it was worth about $25,000. That's a, an excellent analogy that I'm totally ripping off um, <laughs> because you're, that's exactly it, right? Yeah. Is that you know people don't, people don't necessarily talk about the price of the component, but if you use, if you use the value of a component to generate leads, you don't necessarily have to, you know, give everything away. It's just about it's just about getting a customer to see the value in something, and then and then using that as an opportunity to stand out from the crowd. That's what marketing is. It's like when uh, Mitsubishi or I think it was or Saturn or whatever they did free gas for a year, and it was like that was when gas prices were crazy expensive and it was a big deal, and everybody was talking about gas prices. And you say free gas is free gas for a year. It's a big deal. All it was is a $2,500 rebate, which is 200 bucks a month, which in your fourth cylinder <laughs> car, that's, I mean, that's all that is. It's 200 bucks a month you're spending on gas. They're giving you 200 bucks a month for 12 months. It's $2,500 rebate. Big, it's not a big deal. It's what every other guy manufacturer marketing doing. people, holy smokes. Yeah, eh? They just yeah. repositioned that, yeah. that yeah. re- $2,500 rebate is meh, free gas for a year has a, has an anchor of value and waste in a customer's mind. And it's just going to make them go, maybe I will look at Mitsubishi. Sure. You know? And so that we use that same psychology in the sales process to try and drive massive, massive value behind the brand so that they know what dress they want to buy and where they want to buy it from. They just need to figure out what it costs and if they can justify it to themselves. From there, you've got all kinds of ways to make your company more efficient, you know, offering financing. There's a million ways to improve conversion metrics, but first you got to get them to want the dress. Well, like you said, got to get them to watch the video. Mm-hmm. So let's just change gears again. So when you're out and about, you're sitting in the hockey game, having some beers, watching uh, the Flames uh, play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the bad advice that you hear about people that are in the construction industry regards to marketing? Oh, man, that's a huge long list. You know, a lot of them we'll, are... We'll pick, we'll pick the top one. You don't have to name yeah. the person, but I'm sure yeah. there's some really bad advice that you hear. You just want to go over there and slap them and go, hey, that's wrong, slap. Oh, absolutely. You know what? It's it's the honestly... This will seem counterintuitive, but it's that referrals are the best business you can get. Referrals still their number one source of leads. And that might seem like crazy talk to anybody, but think about it. Can you control what a referral says? Can you, because a lot of people will not pay for advertising because they think if you just do good work, you'll get referrals and referrals and word of mouth is the best form of advertising. And they say it like it's just a foregone conclusion, but you can't control what a referral says. Right. If you're if someone's telling you, yeah, that guy, Justin, he was the cheapest in town. Well, three years later now, you've got office, employees, dump trailers. You don't want that word of mouth. Right. 
Well, or, plus you don't know how many people are going to tell. So yeah, is the, and is the person it too? And when they're yeah, going to say it, are they going to say it when you got bills to pay? No. And, and how big is their circle of influence? Are they, are they someone that everyone dismisses or are they somebody who says, Hey, I, I used, you know, I talked to Adam, used his roofing company, best guy ever. And you get 20 phone calls the same day. Yeah. And you, you don't control it. So you, you can't control it. And so the best, the, if you're going to say the best form of advertising as a, as a foregone conclusion, you have to think, well, how do you measure advertising? Can you target it? Is it specific? Is it relevant? Is it recent? Is, can you control what's being said, who it's being said to, how often it's being said, where they go, how they find you, what, what the kinds of things are in their head when they call you? You can't do any of that with word of mouth. The second worst thing is door knocking. Right. That's the second worst thing that <laughs> is that people are going around and yeah. you know people are looking at watching television, looking at their Facebook during the commercials or while they're you know a lull in the show, and you think that the best way to get in front of them is to go kick their door in in the middle of them enjoying two forms of media while spending time with their family at six o'clock on a Tuesday? Yeah, Blow probably not. Yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap it up and uh, ask you two questions. Number one question is, who's one guest you think I absolutely have to have in my podcast? You know, I would say that if you're in the digital marketing space, you have to talk to a guy named Casey Carroll. I don't know if you've spoken with him. No. Nope. But he is hands down the best in the world when it comes to offline events. And I mean, I don't even know how to do it. And when it comes to anybody in the offline business world using digital marketing, so much of what happens in your sales process is happening offline. And his ability to set up and maximize the benefit of offline events makes it so that he can dramatically improve targeting. Like he, like the stuff that he does is absolutely mind blowing. Like every time I talk to him, it's like I'm talking to an Elon Musk. It's like he's on a different planet. Cool. I will look him up. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And uh, last question, which should be a lot easier than that question, is where's the best place for people to reach out and learn about what you're doing, Adam, to help uh, help these companies grow. Uh, the easy one is going to uh, roofingbusinesspartner.com. The, you know, slightly easier maybe or slightly harder is text me 780-863-4653, 863-GOLD. Very easy. There you go. Hey, and that's, that's, that, I mean, it's funny because you mentioned text and, you know, everybody thought text was dead and everyone thought email was dead. Now you see Gary V with his wine club just crushing it with, with a simple text. So texting is coming back. Everything old is new. Yep. That's the funny thing about it. Everything <laughs> old is new. Well, super good. Hey, I appreciate you taking time. I uh, really think it's cool what you've done in an industry that traditionally, like you said, has not embraced digital and helping people transform their business, which ultimately helps them transform their life. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really the magic to it is it's you want a different life, you have to do different things. There you go. Super good day. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. This, I think, was a really uh, great case study and an example of all of you that sit back and say, well, you, I can't apply that to my business. Um, here's an example of an industry that doesn't embrace digital and they're applying it and Adam's helping people crush it in the business. I mean, 60% closing rate. Be uh, be happy to see your comments if uh, any of you guys are doing better than that these days, regardless of your space. So I appreciate you uh, listening. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, don't be shy to subscribe uh, to a and follow us on iTunes. So thanks for listening and we look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com. 
and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.